Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Thursday, November 24th. Happy Thanksgiving! I pray you have a very blessed day with your food, family, and fellowship and giving thanks to God for all His blessings. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the Word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Toldot, and it means generations. Genesis 26, 30 to 27, 27. Then he made for them a feast, and they ate and drank. Early in the morning they exchanged oaths. Isaac then bade them farewell, and they departed from him in peace. That same day Isaac's servants came and told him about the well they had dug, and said to him, We have found water. He named it Sheba, therefore the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. When Esau was forty years old, he took to wife Judith, daughter of Beeri the Hittite, and Basemath, daughter of Elon the Hittite. And they were a source of bitterness to Isaac and Rebekah. When Isaac was old and his eyes were too dim to see, he called his older son Esau and said to him, My son. He answered, Here I am. And he said, I am old now, and I do not know how soon I may die. Take your gear, your quiver and bow, and go out into the open and hunt me some game. Then prepare a dish for me, such as I like, and bring it to me to eat, so that I may give you my innermost blessing before I die. Rebekah had been listening to Isaac speak to his son Isaac. 
Rebecca had been listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau. When Esau had gone out into the open to hunt game to bring home, Rebecca said to her son Jacob, I overheard your father speaking to your brother Esau, saying, Bring me some game and prepare a dish for me to eat, that I may bless you with Hashem's approval before I die. Now, my son, listen carefully as I instruct you. Go to the flock and fetch me two choice kids, and I will make of them a dish for your father such as he likes. Then take it to your father to eat, in order that he may bless you before he dies. Jacob answered to his mother Rebekah, But my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am smooth-skinned. If my father touches me, I shall appear to him as a trickster, and bring upon myself a curse, not a blessing. But his mother said to him, Your curse, my son, be upon me. Just do as I say, and go fetch them for me. He got them, and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared a dish, such as his father liked. Rebekah then took the best clothes of her older son Esau, which were in the house, and had her younger son Jacob put them on. And she covered his hands and the hairless part of his neck with the skins of the kids. Then she put in the hands of her son Jacob the dish and the bread that she had prepared. He went to his father and said, Father, and he said, Yes, which of my sons are you? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Pray sit up and eat of my game, that you may give me your innermost blessing. Isaac said to his son, How did you succeed so quickly, my son? And he said, Because Hashem your God granted me good fortune. Isaac said to Jacob, Come closer that I may feel you, my son, whether you really are my son Esau or not. So Jacob drew close to his father Isaac, who felt him and wondered, The voice is the voice of Jacob, yet the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau, and so he blessed him. He asked, Are you really my son Esau? And when he said, I am, he said, Serve me, and let me eat of my son's game, that I may give you my innermost blessing. So he served him, and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come close and kiss me, my son. And he went up and kissed him, and he smelled his clothes, and he blessed him, saying, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of the fields that Hashem has blessed. Ezekiel 47.1-48.35 He led me back to the entrance of the temple, and I found that water was issuing from below the platform of the temple eastward, since the temple faced east. But the water was running out at the south of the altar under the south wall of the temple. Then he led me out by way of the northern gate and led me around to the outside of the outer gate that faces in the direction of the east, and I found that water was gushing from under the south wall. As the man went on eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand a moat and led me across the water. The water was ankle deep. Then he measured off another thousand and led me across the water. The water was knee deep. He measured off a further thousand and led me across the water. The water was up to the waist. 
When he measured yet another thousand, it was a stream I could not cross, for the water had swollen into a stream that could not be crossed except by swimming. Do you see, O mortal, he said to me, and he led me back to the bank of the stream. As I came back, I saw trees in great profusion on both banks of the stream. This water, he told me, runs out to the eastern region and flows into the Arabah, and when it comes into the sea, into the sea of foul waters, the water will become wholesome. Every living creature that swarms will be able to live wherever this stream goes. The fish will be very abundant once these waters have reached there. It will be wholesome, and everything will live wherever this stream goes. Fishermen shall stand beside it all the way from Engedi to En Iglam. It shall be a place for drying nets, and the fish will be of various kinds and most plentiful, like the fish of the great sea. But its swamps and marshes shall not become wholesome. They will serve to supply salt. All kinds of trees for food will grow up on both banks of the stream. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail. They will yield new fruit every month, because the water for them flows from the temple. Their fruit will serve for food, and their leaves for healing. Thus said Hashem, These shall be the boundaries of the land that you will allot to the twelve tribes of Israel. Joseph shall receive two portions, and you shall share the rest equally. As I swore to give it to your fathers, so shall this land fall to you as your heritage. These are the boundaries of the land, as the northern limit, from the great sea by way of Hethlon, Lebo, Hamath, Zedad, Baratha, Sabrim, which lies beneath the border of Damascus and the border of Hamath, down to Hazer Hadakon, which is on the border of Haran. Thus, the boundary shall run from the sea to Hazer Enon, to the north of the territory of Damascus, with the territory of Hamath to the north of it. That shall be the northern limit. As the eastern limit, a line between Haran and Damascus, and between Gilead and the land of Israel, with the Jordan as a boundary, you shall measure down to the eastern sea. That shall be the eastern limit. The southern limit shall run, a line from Tamar to the waters of Meribah, Kadesh, along the wadi of Egypt, and the great sea. That is the southern limit. And as the western limit, the great sea shall be the boundary up to a point opposite Lebo Hamath. That shall be the western limit. This land you shall divide for yourselves among the tribes of Israel. You shall allot it as a heritage for yourselves and for the strangers you re- who reside with you, who have begotten children among you. You shall treat them as Israelite citizens. They shall receive allotments along with you among the tribes of Israel. You shall give the stranger an allotment within the tribe where he resides, declares Hashem. These are the names of the tribes. At the northern end, along the Hethlon Road from Lebo Hamath to Hazer Enon, which is the border of Damascus, with Hamath to the north, from the eastern border to the sea, Dan, one tribe. Adjoining the territory of Dan from the eastern border to the western border, Asher, one. Adjoining the territory of Asher from the eastern border to the western border, Naphtali, one. Adjoining the territory of Naphtali from the eastern border to the western border, Manasseh, one. 
adjoining the territory of Manasseh from the eastern border to the western border, Ephraim, 1. Adjoining the territory of Ephraim from the eastern border to the western border, Reuben, 1. Adjoining the territory of Reuben from the eastern border to the western border, Yehuda, 1. Adjoining the territory of Yehuda from the eastern border to the western border shall be the reserve that you set aside, 25,000 amot in breadth and in length equal to one of the portions from the eastern border to the western border. The sanctuary shall be in the middle of it. The reserve you set aside for Hashem shall be 25,000 long and 10,000 wide. It shall be apportioned to the following. The sacred reserve for the Kohenim shall measure 25,000 amot on the north, 10,000 on the west, 10,000 on the east, and 25,000 on the south, with Hashem's sanctuary in the middle of it. This consecrated area shall be for the Kohanim of the line of Zadok, who kept my charge and did not go astray, as the Leviim did when the people of Israel went astray. It shall be a special reserve for them out of the total reserve from the land most holy, adjoining the territory of the Leviim. Alongside the territory of the Kohanim, the Leviim shall have an area 25,000 long by 10,000 wide. The total length shall be 25,000 and the breadth 10,000. None of it, the choices of the land, may be sold, exchanged, or transferred. It is sacred to Hashem. The remaining 5,000 in breadth by 25,000 shall be for common use, serving the city for dwellings and pasture. The city itself shall be in the middle of it, and these shall be its measurements. On the north side, 4,500 a moat. On the south side, 4,500. On the east side, 4,500. And on the west side, 4,500. The pasture shall extend 250 a moat to the north of the city, 250 to the south, 250 to the east, and 250 to the west. As for the remaining 10,000 to the east and 10,000 to the west, adjoining the long side of the sacred reserve, the produce of these areas adjoining the sacred reserve shall serve as food for the workers in the city. The workers in the city from all the tribes of Israel shall cultivate it. The entire reserve, 25,000 square, you shall set aside as the sacred reserve plus the city property. What remains on either side of the sacred reserve and the city property shall belong to the prince. The prince shall own the land from the border of the 25,000 of the reserve up to the eastern border, and from the border of the 25,000 on the west up to the western boundary corresponding to the tribal portions. The sacred reserve with the temple sanctuary in the middle of it and the property of the Leviim and the city property as well shall be in the middle of the area belonging to the prince. The rest of the land between the territory of Yehuda and the territory of Benjamin shall belong to the prince. As for the remaining tribes from the eastern border to the western border Benjamin 1 adjoining the territory of Benjamin from the eastern border to the western border, Shimon, 1. Adjoining the territory of Shimon from the eastern border to the western border, Issachar, 1. Adjoining the territory of Issachar from the eastern border to the western border, Zebulun, 1. Adjoining the territory of Zebulun from the eastern border to the western border, Gad, 1. 
The other border of Gad shall be the southern boundary. This boundary shall run from Tamar to the waters of Meribeth Kadesh, to the Wadi of Egypt, and to the Great Sea. That is the land which you shall allot as a heritage to the tribes of Israel, and those are their portions, declares Hashem. And these are the exits from the city. On its northern side, measuring 4,500 a moat, the gates of the city shall be three gates on the north, named for the tribes of Israel. The Reuben Gate, one. The Yehuda Gate, one. The Levi Gate, one. On the eastern side, measuring 4,500 a moat, there shall be three gates. The Joseph Gate, one. The Benjamin Gate, one. And the Dan Gate, one. On the southern side, measuring 4,500 a moat, there shall be three gates. The Shimon Gate, one. The Issachar Gate, one and the Zebulun Gate, one. And on the western side, measuring 4,500 a moat, there shall be three gates, the Gad Gate, one, the Asher Gate, one, the Naphtali Gate, one. Its circumference shall be 18,000 a moat, and the name of the city from that day on shall be Hashem is there. 1 Peter 2, 11-3, 7 Dearly beloved, I, Peter, beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, and that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they shall behold glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of them that do well, for so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. For this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if, when you be buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently? But if, when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto you were called, because Yeshua also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not back. When he suffered, he threatened not but committed himself to him that judges righteously, who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won 
by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plating and braiding of the hair, and of wearing of gold, or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old time the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection to their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Psalm 119.49-64 Remember the word unto the Lord's servant, upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, for your word has quickened me. The proud have had me greatly in derision, yet have I not declined from your Torah. I remembered your judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. Horror has taken hold upon me because of the wicked that forsake your Torah. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. I have remembered your name, O Lord, in the night, and have kept your Torah. This I had because I kept your precepts. You are my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep your words. I entreated your favor with my whole heart. Be merciful to me according to your word. I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto your testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep your commandments. The bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten your Torah. At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto you because of my righteous, your righteous judgments. I am a companion of all them that fear you, and of them that keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of your mercy. Teach me your statutes. Proverbs 28, 12 and 13 When righteous men do rejoice, there is great glory. But when the wicked rise, a man is hidden. He that covers his sins shall not prosper. But whosoever confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. I want to speak to you today from our reading from Ezekiel chapter 47 and 48. And there are some real clear connections um, between these chapters that we read about the temple and the tree of life. And it's connected to Revelation 21 and 22. So the temple that's being described, this third temple that's being described in all these chapters we've been reading in Ezekiel, is the same temple that we're going to see in Revelation. I want to begin, though, with this tree of life. And in Ezekiel chapter 47... We'll start in verse 12. All kinds of trees for food will grow up on both banks of the stream. 
Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail. They will yield new fruit every month, because the water from them flows from the temple. Their fruit will serve for food, and their leaves for healing. So there's something very special about this temple, because the water that's flowing from the southern gate, and that flows out to the great sea, this water is healing. And it talks about how this water will water these trees, and the trees will not wither, and their fruit will not fail, and they'll yield a different fruit every month. Now, normally, with a normal fruit tree, an orange tree or an apple tree, it, it takes many months for the fruit to come on. And then when the fruit finally does come on, it's there for maybe a month or six weeks, and then that's it. The fruit season is over. But these trees are going to bear fruit every single month. That's how fruitful they will be. Now, this is also described in Revelation. Let's take a look. In Revelation chapter 21, no, chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. So that's another clue. The temple is where the throne of God is. This third temple is where the throne of God is and where the Lamb, Yeshua, is. Verse 2, in the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. This is virtually the same description of what we just read in Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 12. Okay, so now we read in the closing chapter of Ezekiel about this temple and that there's going to be 12 gates and each one of the gates is a different tribe. And on the northern part of the temple, we have Reuben, Judah, and Levi. On the eastern side of the temple, we have three gates, Joseph, Benjamin, and Dan. On the southern side of the temple, we have three gates, Shimon, Issachar, and Zebulun. And on the western side of the temple, we have three gates, Gad, Asher, and Naphtali. Now that is virtually the same description as what you read in Revelation chapter 21. And in chapter 21, starting in verse 9, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also, she had a great and high wall with twelve gates, and twelve angels at the gates, and names written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. Now the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he who talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, its gates, and its walls. 
So we have virtually the same description. There are 12 gates into the city, and each one of those gates is named after a different tribe. Notice the names of the gates are not the Methodist gate, the Calvary gate, the Foursquare gate, the Baptist gate. It's not named after any of the church denominations. It's named after the 12 tribes of Israel. So one day in the future, if you or I, if we want to enter into the city, we better know what tribe we're associated with. So we know what gate to go through to enter into the city and into the temple. So we see some clear connections between the closing chapters of Ezekiel in his description and his vision of the third temple, and as it's also described almost exactly the same in Revelation chapter 21. So the temple is going to be central in Yeshua's kingdom when he returns during his 1,000-year ruler rulership, when he reigns and rules for a 1,000 years. The temple is central to it. The temple gives us this life-giving water that waters the trees, that causes those trees to give a different fruit every single month, and the leaves that bring healing to the nations. And believe me, after what we're going through and what's still ahead of us, the nations are definitely going to need healing. The nations and the peoples are going to need healing because of all the tribulation that is coming and that we are even now going through. So I hope and pray that this imagery, this vision of this third temple that is coming is something that will encourage you and bless you and and build you up and give you hope because it's real. It's not fake hope. It's not hopium. It's real. This temple is coming. This kingdom of Yeshua, it is coming. And we, we can look forward to it with great anticipation, with joy, and with hope. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>